0: on air because unfortunately normally you'd be introduced to Sam to start this show but instead you have got uh, in, in essence the sports desk cameraman Jason joining you to start this off but of course Sam did arrive and he is standing by right now. Welcome to you Sam.
1: Good morning. Now I, I thought I'll leave it to you because I'm a bit puffed out of breath. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> The train track. Um, we, we were paying attention Michael. Welcome to you. today hey, Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure again. to be here. And, Good morning uh, we everyone. We saw he was going to be running it a bit tight this
1: morning. Hey, well, it turned out pretty good, turned out pretty good, so uh, ready to get right into it, plenty of sports news uh, to go ahead. Clearly
2: all that pub footy has made you super duper fit, I've never seen a man get from point A to point B so quickly, Sam, so um, shout out to your football club.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny you mention that, we do play our first game a couple of weeks tomorrow, and I did miss last week's training, so I'm a bit (laughs) not as fresh, so that probably, uh, the train tracker did me well this morning.
2: You balanced it up
1: nicely. got a twilight fixture tomorrow. Victoria Park, you want to get down, 4 o'clock. Uh, but we'll get straight into the news, of course. And uh, we'll start off with last night's game in the NRL. The Sydney Roosters have thrown Brisbane's NRL premiership chances further into question with a 34-16 win uh, at the SCG and now appear in a race with Canberra uh, to secure the last spot in the top eight. Uh, last night's victory means Manly 10th and St George Illawarra uh, 11th will both trail the Roosters by game. Uh, And points differential, even if they win their own round 21 matches, uh, which, uh, against sides higher than each of them on the ladder. The Broncos failed to bounce back from last week's shock loss to the West Tigers. I could slump as low as 7th by the end of the weekend. And, of course, the uh, mighty Melbourne Storm hosts the Gold Coast Titans tonight, at Amy Park from 6 o'clock.
2: Ooh, that's exciting. Storm currently in the top four, so looking to lock in that final spot. And uh, they're starting to look a lot better, the Storm, as well, Sam, which is good for Storm supporters out there listening.
1: Yes, definitely. Uh, also, well... I. Th- We might as well get straight into it, because it's just massive news. Buddy Franklin, I I don't think there'll ever be a story that's not massive about Buddy Franklin. There always seems to be talking about him uh, at any... Until he retires, I reckon. Uh, There'll always be a story floating around about him. The way he's going, Sam, could be another ten years.
2: Uh, (laughs) Get another big contract for him.
0: He's keeping all the newspaper columnists in a job. He is,
2: isn't he? As long as he He plays, they have a job. In states outside of Victoria. Well, Certainly.
1: but reportedly has made a decision about his future and is set to uh, turn his back on Sydney for a deal with the Brisbane Lions. This is according to a report from 9 News Queensland reporter Michael Atkinson, who said he can confirm the Brisbane Lions are the front runner to be uh, his club next year. It's my understanding, he says, that Franklin has informed the Swans that he won't be playing uh, for Sydney next year. Wow. Continued, Franklin and his wife Jas- uh, Jacinta... Have a desire to move up to their family into Queensland to be closer to the family on the Gold Coast. Uh, But it's not the Suns where he wants to keep playing. But he wants to win more premierships and has identified Brisbane as the club most likely to uh, help him achieve his goals. Uh, The report continues that the Lions and Franklin's management have already entered in discussions. Uh, Atkinson said there is still some time to go for this deal to be actioned. As no club can put a deal on uh, to Franklin until the trade period begins, Franklin is restricted free agent, meaning the Swans are able to match the bid.
2: Ooh! And if you just have to take a random stab in the dark here, Sam, what what sort of compensation would Sydney potentially get? If, would it be top twenty? Well,
1: I, I see. I don't know with At an ageing age, player like oh, uh, that, and I, I know he's still got some good games in him. Uh, and even for a season, he'd be valuable for the Brisbane Lions. He'd be valuable to any club oh, that are within a fighting chance. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how you would judge that. Um, but it definitely would free some... Well, and then that's where prices come into negotiate. How much do you yeah. want to squeeze out of your salary cap for an ageing player? Mm. Um, uh, but you know, as I say, any club will want to have him, and Brisbane, who are pushing, you know, for a, a, a finals chance, and uh, it, it just seemed to be that couple of clicks away. Maybe um, uh, former Essendon players—he's—he's he's not proved up there. No, the not yet. He? no he
2: hasn't, has he? <laughs> big Joey Danaher, yes. He's the
1: big—the big show. He's still
2: got a lot of those inconsistencies in Some, front of goals, So, so maybe it's putting for another.
1: Franklin in, in the side with him might straighten him up a bit. Um, it just might. It just might. And, look, the other thing is as well, it, over the weekend,
2: and, and Richmond exposed this badly, particularly in the second half against Brisbane, is they're actually probably lacking more in the Bottom half of the ground, or the back half of the ground, should yeah. I say? Their defence is is really shaky at the moment. We know Harris Andrews is an All Australian superstar, but it might be a ground that they, it might be an area of the ground that they might have to invest in in the future. But um, in a, in some other news as well, and we're certainly not taking away from the gravity of this situation with Lance Buddy Franklin. But what about Will Ashcroft? The son of dual Premiership player Marcus Ashcroft has now selected Brisbane as his club of choice in the upcoming draft, and a lot of people suspect that Will will go number one. Um, just Based on all of the disposals, he's he's claiming in the lower leagues at the moment. So I mean, if Brisbane can land those two gentlemen uh, in the off season, gee, with Sam, they'd be. I think that tilt for a premiership will,
1: well, it'd be up for grabs again. Mm, massive. Speaking of footy, we will get to a lot later, but I thought it would mention um, Josh Kennedy, of course, have to playing his final game this weekend uh, yes. for the West Coast Eagles. Um, uh, against Adelaide will be his last game in the AFL. Thirty Kennedy 34 will depart the game as West Coast leading goal kicker. 704 goals, if you don't mind. <laughs> uh, three-time All-Australian, dual common medalist and premiership player. He was an integral part of the club's 2018 premiership uh as the only multiple goal kicker on the day wow. uh with three crucial majors uh drafted from Carlton at pick number 4 the famous uh, trade sorry, of uh, by Carlton it was the
0: famous trade of Josh Kennedy to West Coast Chris Judd to Carlton to yes, Carlton absolutely uh
1: drafted him from uh he's Fremantle in 2005 he played 22 games uh for the blues before he uh transferred over to the uh western side of things um after a stellar career spanning 17 seasons, Kennedy said his body has had enough. He goes, my knee is a big reason for retiring. I think my drive to play is still there, but I'm realistically, uh, my body's not going to be able to take, uh, me to, uh, another season. He said to be able to farewell the West Coast supporters one last time at Optus Stadium and say thank you for the incredible sport, uh, uh, support over the years. Uh, will be the perfect way to finish my career. So, look, an amazing player, one of those AFL legends. It's hard not to like him. Uh, he's just magnificent. Certainly a
0: hall of famer uh, in the years to come. Oh, yeah, most, most, most easily. And leading goal kicker of yeah. all time at West Coast. He had a stellar, stellar career.
2: And I think we we may have touched on it very briefly on Monday, but we should give this guy a lot more spotlight because he is going to retire at the end of the season as well. It is David Mundy. Um, he's been living yes. his dream for 19 years now, and he's loved every bit of it. And I don't know what the exact stat is, but the amount of um, mileage that he's accumulated, his his frequent flyer points are nearly. I think it's something like a hundred thousand miles or something ridiculous like that. He's <laughs> for for him for him to have to travel. Near ...nearly every second week to different parts of Australia and play nearly 400 games. I think 371 he's currently on, 18 seasons and a one-club player, if you don't mind. He is one of the absolute champions of the game. As his disposals currently stand, (laughs) 7,928, 1,413 tackles, if you don't mind. He's one of the heart and soul players of the Fremantle Football Club. And in his press conference with his family, he said all he wants is another six games of football and that would roughly take you up to the grand final if you're a mathematician. So <laughs> good on you David Mundy, you've been an absolute legend of the club. Look to be honest with you, maybe a bit like Josh Kennedy, maybe the body's starting to feel a little bit fatigued, but i got to say he honestly looked like he could play on and, and get 400 and maybe even beat Boomer Harvey's record, but you know well, if Boomer I'm Boomer club... Harvey
0: would have been a bit of a stretch I think there might oh, be.
2: I think maybe, maybe, but I'll tell you what though if a club like North Melbourne uh, speaking of North uh, would want a player for two years that could potentially coach on and off the field, um, I would be making that phone call, no doubt.
1: But uh, David Mundy, what a superstar of the AFL competition, Sam. Superstar, indeed. When we come back, uh, we've... Of course, got the Commonwealth Games. We've got an interview with an athlete as well, which is an amazing chance to speak to.
0: It's impressive, Sam. Um, what I was literally about to say was okay, we've talked about Commonwealth Games on Monday, we've got some Lawn Bowls updates Michael Yes, we do,
1: we
2: do. We're going to bring all of that back and much, much and not more. Not oh that, dear, what have I missed Mike? on Monday? No, Sam, on Sam has word. been
0: desperately hoping <laughs> that I could finally step away from this microphone because he wants control back of his buttons and he's about to get it and he's about to conjure up something special. W- wonderful day here at the Sports Test because, like I said before we went to the the break we had gold playing we had fallout boy they it's debatable whether they did say rock and roll but you did hear the phoenix in a double song break there and sam's very happy because he's now back at his buttons and he has conjured up something special let's talk commonwealth games
1: yes uh definitely and I, I thought well, we had to play gold with with all the uh, great amazing work the australians are doing over in birmingham
0: and throwing on their wall paint just like the phoenix, the phoenix oh what a beautiful this sets the mood i love it sam We have paused with enough gravitas. It is time to talk Birmingham 2022 for the Commonwealth Games here. Before we uh, get to the main event of what we're about to discuss here, uh, Michael and Sam, I thought I'd just do a quick rapid fire uh, of some of the medals that Australia had been able to win itself in the last week, because we did talk about this uh, Monday, Michael, uh, with James in the studio, and he was very, very excited about the prospect of Australia winning the Lawn Bowls. Yes! I actually went home after the show and caught a bit of the Lawn Bowls on seven, mate, and I was... You didn't. ...bitterly disappointed, Michael. It was Australia versus England. It was Australia versus England, and when I tuned in, England had got out to a 7-0 start. Jeez, they're clawing us back, aren't they,
2: England? England, yeah. Give us a head start in the pool, and here they come.
0: They took inspiration, obviously, from the 2005 Ashes England side in the cricket, despite being completely different. different sport and it was sad to see because uh yeah they got off to a start but i was like okay seven nil yeah we kind of know where this is going what i didn't know and what i researched last night sam that same match that i tuned in seven nil lead i last checked australia were able to tie it up oh very good but England etched it out in the end, 14-12. Oh,
2: that's no good. But, look, that's not why all of our listeners have tuned in right now. Lawn Bowls is very exciting, yes, but not as exciting as track and field and the high jump. We have one of our very special guests from RMIT. He is an elite athlete student, and he currently is a member of the Australian track and field squad. Uh, he is a absolutely talented high jumper. He's hit the extraordinary 2.29 metre mark twice, if you don't mind. and he did some extraordinary stuff at the world championships recently in Oregon Joel Baden um, our RMIT elite athlete joins us live Joel welcome and good morning to you thank you for joining us today
3: yeah thank you thanks for having me on
2: (laughs) appreciate it appreciate it Uh, firstly uh, introduce yourself tell us a little bit about what you're studying but also tell us about what got you into the high jump and just your overall experience with the sport so far
3: yeah for sure, um, so at RMIT I'm studying IT, um, so I think I started that just pre-COVID, so I've just kind of been doing that online, um, balancing that with my athletics and my commitments and everything like that, so I found that to be a really um, good experience in terms of just uh, you know going between study and being able to kind of prioritise either athletics or study when I need it, so that's been really good. Um, in terms of high jump, um, and how I kind of got into the sport, um, it was sort of little athletics, like many, many years ago, kind of followed yeah. in my brother's kind of footsteps, I suppose. He was, um, just a, I guess, just an athlete in like the seniors or kind of, um, just the little athletics kind of, I suppose, level. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I just kind of followed him. I thought it was amazing watching him jump um, when I was small. And luckily, I just happened to have the same, um, the same kind of, or I guess body type that allowed me to jump well too and maybe even a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you are quite a tall lad, Ed. What, what is the, um, the current size?
2: What's the current height at the moment, Joel? Uh,
3: I don't think I've really grown that much, but um, <laughs> I think I'm about 6'3". Six three, that's not bad. That's I mean, an inch you, Sam, than are me. you are
1: you are you six three, or are you a bit bit shorter than that? One nine two, whatever that is in inches, I've forgotten.
2: <laughs> <just> watering on <laughs> six three, maybe 190. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 192, one, one 90, I 192 think Joel, He you said so. Six four might yeah. that be
2: close. I'm six two. Yeah, I'm I'm nowhere near it. Uh, Maltese heritage, Joel. So um, very, very small, very small in the in the height department. Um, tell us, tell us about your recent competition in Oregon. We we saw you put up a very amazing Instagram post. You were very happy with your results. Um, tell us about the world championship experience for you, and particularly seeing a lot of the competition before now jumped into the Commonwealth Games and other bigger competitions. What was the experience like, and and how did you rate your yeah. performance?
3: Yeah, so. Um, in terms of world championships, um, this is my third one. Um, I think I was quite young when I did my first in Beijing, so mm-hmm. some of those early experiences were, I suppose, just a bit more formative, um, although I did jump well at my very first. I jumped like 226, but, um, you know, it is a little bit, you know, you're a bit more nervous. Uh, it's the first time you're kind of on the big stage and everything, so, you know, that followed by a few not so great performances at you know kind of later competitions um like for example uh, the olympics uh, didn't really get past my second opening height and then the 2019 um world championships as well um i pretty much did the exact same thing so very frustrating when you know that you can jump high but you mm. can't really get there so anyway it's been a a bit of a long time coming. I still wasn't in great shape coming into this championships. Um, I did have a bit of a knee, some knee issues on my jumping leg. And, um, yeah, I was just, I kind of made a bit of a last minute decision to, to head over and compete. Wow. And I was in good spirits. Um, and, you know, Oregon is just like the perfect place. We had beautiful weather. Mm. Um, the stadium was brand new and just looked magnificent. And um yeah. yeah, I think it was the first time I got out got out onto the stage and I was like, you know what, I actually deserve to be yeah. here. And um felt really comfortable, um, uh, just followed my processes really well. And yeah, despite the the injury and that type of thing, um mm. jumped to season's best, uh made the finals for the first time at a major championships, which was huge for me. Um that was really one of the main goals of it. And in the finals although it would have been really nice to jump the 30 or even higher to to kind of get into that top five um that top five kind of position
1: mm-hmm.
3: um you know i still followed that up with 227 um mm-hmm. you know a couple of days after my qualification so you know in terms of you know goals and what i was hoping to achieve um yeah definitely Probably even exceeded it. So yeah, I was very very happy with the results and how I went overall. Wow, oh,
1: that's well, congratulations. congratulations! Yes, yes, so that's, that's amazing.
2: Well. Wow! And <laughs> just just quickly, being in Oregon, did you did you manage to jump over some um, some redwood pine trees? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, no. I, I wish I could have. Um, if I had a few more days, I definitely would have gone exploring and yeah. probably would, got up to some mischief. But yes. Luckily, they booked me yeah two days afterwards and. Um, got home after you know some long travel and then got hit with COVID. So, oh, yeah. oh, Gotta no.
0: love that, that little
3: twist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At least you're feeling better though, right, Joel?
3: Yeah, feeling much better now. <laughs> That's
0: good. Excellent. Well, given all the you're just explaining all your setbacks and your obstacles in the in the events of leading up to finishing, it was just outside the top
3: five you said there, Joel? Yeah, I was. What, if I would cleared the two thirty, I would have been placed um, top five.
0: How far um, away do you think you are from achieving that?
3: In full health, um, I think that was a hundred percent achievable. I think wow. I probably would have been able to jump a little bit higher as well. So, you know that definitely old
0: I, you know that old adage where they say that as soon as you climb the mountain, you look but you look ahead, you see a second mountain. That sounds like that second mountain for you, yeah. doesn't it?
3: Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, definitely now. Yeah, for sure, and especially with there being a world championships mm. um, next year as well, because it's all been kind of clogged up, um, athlete schedule. Um, I definitely have my, you know, sights a little bit higher.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Sam, are you a follower of the high jump? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, and you mentioned a little less before. I was only saying this last night with my mum because uh, early days of me before I've become extremely unfit. <laughs> um, <laughs> go see him at Pub Footy, 4 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Say, go see Joel's Nutritionist. Come on. Yeah, well, that's, no, that's a good idea. No, I was, it was probably the, predominantly the only two sports that I was actually really good at at the field, being seven or eight years old, was high jump and hurdles. Um, being that I couldn't see very well. Was, mm. uh, we were saying the story. where well, I had to run, do a run through of the hurdles. Uh, just by myself before we did the just the judge because oh. of my vision was yes, so poor, yes. and then I'd hit every single one, <laughs> and then I'd line up and do the race and not hit one oh. and win the, <laughs> the thing, so people thought, is this some kind of cheat? Going on here? But that was honestly because I couldn't see them, I was just a level six-year-old that just couldn't see, them, <laughs> knocking Shit. them all over. But no, no, it didn't make me reminisce the, the times, but it, it did make me think like, man, was, how many times that we were in that situation as a, a kid and mm-hmm. there's obviously kids that were destined to go on and do athletics further mm-hmm. into their life and had that drive to do amazing things to keep up with other people like me just <laughs> put it by the wayside but no so I'm always envious with seeing all the people um, you know not only in the Olympics and stuff but the, the stuff that you're doing uh, overseas and uh, doing Australia
2: proud. Absolutely, and speaking of doing Australia proud, uh, Joel, I'd imagine that you have watched quite a bit, and potentially some of your, your rivals or, or some of the people that are on your team. You've 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 watched and and seen them develop, and and maybe doing pretty well at the Commonwealth Games. What's what's your take on the competition this year? And uh, have you have you watched any particular people um, fight it out in the in the Commonwealth Games?
3: Yeah, um, I've watched I've watched a little bit. Obviously, swimming always dominates. Yes. Um,
0: We'll have a rapid rapid fire of that coming up later on, CS, we will, yes. (laughs) Yeah.
3: In in terms of the athletics, though, I think some of the standout performances um, have obviously been, like, Nina Kennedy in the pole vault, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to get a gold medal following the world champs after a bronze is a crazy achievement. So Mm -hmm. I imagine she would be pretty happy. Um, And Matt Denny as well, I think he got... He uh, threw a PB um, in the discus and also snagged the gold um, yes. after a not-so-ideal um, like competition um, at the World Champs. Um, so, yeah, I think he would be very, very happy with himself too. Um, I guess it's the dream, I guess, getting gold at one of those championships. And then um, Brandon in the high jump, um, yes. I think, did a really good job despite the fact that you know he was going into it with an injury and... You know, it looked like it would be it would have been pretty painful to compete given um, given the nature of his injury as well. And tell me, with, with Brandon, I assume you're talking about Brandon Stark here? Yeah, Brandon. yeah.
2: Um, he's he's got a funny technique, doesn't he? Sort of got a breathing technique. He sort of he he leans forward and back a little bit, and then he goes for his jump. Is that a is that a common kind of run up, or is that a bit of a superstition thing, or just a way to get him get him feeling comfortable or in the groove? Do you do you sort of grab some of those little approaches that he takes?
3: Uh, I think everyone's a little bit different. I think with the way that they start their run-ups, um, I don't do a lot of movements. I-, I think Brandon's start is pretty normal by all accounts. Yeah. Like it's not like um, some of the Americans who jumped at the world champs or anything, like where it's a little bit more dramatic. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I, and I mean, I I do have my own little thing, I guess. Even though it's probably more subconscious, I just I just stand up on my toes. Like for thirty seconds or something like that. (laughs) Every single competition. Sometimes it's a minute. So sometimes I drive. I probably drive my coach insane because I'm just. I'm just taking so long. It's just like, are you going to do? Are you going to actually jump or what?
0: Absolutely, um, it's got you to this point, so keep doing it. Yeah, I absolutely
2: agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And just finally, what what does the future hold for you? uh, Joel, do you do you want to um, obviously eye off uh, the Olympic Games in in Paris next, or what, what's sort of the training schedule looking like, and, and what's the next big ambition?
3: Yeah, um, so short term to medium come kind of long term. I need to get my my knee right, just mm-hmm. kind of recover from um, injury a little bit. Um, sure, but you know, I'm feeling pretty pretty pumped up from the World Champs. Um, is a, definitely a bit of a confidence boost. So, you know, I'm lying off World Championships next year, um, the Olympics in Paris. Mm. Um, once after that, you know, another World Championships, um, maybe the year after. And then obviously, you know, the next com games are going to be held down in Victoria. Yes, so. they will be. I think that mm. that could possibly be like a crowning oh. um kind of moment so i think that would be absolutely sick i'd have yeah. my family i'd have you know friends and um some good support so i don't know i think that might be the
1: dream but mm.
3: we'll see who knows who knows what i'll be doing in you know four years <laughs> but hopefully all things considered still hard jump <laughs> yes
1: Oh well it's uh, definitely exciting look it's been a pleasure to have you on this morning um just just enthralled with uh i mean envious, enviousness like we were saying before um and yeah well well we look forward to seeing what you have up your sleeve next and uh, hope you can hit that uh, second mountain as you
2: were saying. Yes, absolutely. A couple of pine trees in between as well. Joel, thank you again. Um, we appreciate you taking the time today to speak to us and well done with all of your work with RMIT and representing us proudly overseas and also nationally. But, yes, as well on the, on the global stage, you're doing some pretty amazing things and you, you're definitely coming up as well in the world of high jumping. So we really appreciate your time today and... Keep growing out the hair. It's clearly doing wonders.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's actually starting to annoy me quite a lot. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'll come up with something to. Do, um, something yeah, maybe to do. maybe a mullet next.
2: What, what do you say? No way. No. no there no, you I'm go. <laughs> the good answer, Joel. Good answer, yeah. Joel. Very very I'm not good.
1: Thanks no. for nice having me on, guys. Oh,
2: absolute pleasure.
1: <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much. Daydreaming Harry Styles on the sports desk on your Friday morning. Oh, my sister will be happy with that. I never play Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> well um, done, sir. I'm liking his stuff. I'm liking It's his really good, up. isn't it's it? really cool. And he's a
2: great showman. Like, you go to his concerts and he just, he does this little groove and he, he just encapsulates the whole stage. <laughs> so, shout out to him. <laughs> okay. The, the <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a boy band fan here, I tell you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, we'll better quickly wrap up. We had an amazing interview then. Make sure to catch the podcast if you missed any of it. Um, uh, Incredible stuff from uh, uh, Joel, was it? Joel? Joel Baden. Joel Joel Baden. Baden. Remember the name. It'll be around. He will be back. Uh, The Commonwealth game events today remaining. Um, Another uh, exciting weekend ahead and we kick off today with the Lawn Bowls. (laughs) Hey, baby.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, did England win it? Uh, That was a a shame.
1: Uh, 6pm, the netball. Uh, as well as the hockey on the same time. Uh, 6.30, table tennis. Uh, 7.00 p.m., the athletics. More athletics. 7.00 p.m., the diving. Uh, 7.30, wrestling. Exciting to see. Shout-out to Jake Benstead, uh, who I mentioned last week. Mm. he won bronze in judo. I know your judo well. Hey, uh, succulent.
2: Hey, I think
0: Ronda
1: Rousey also, <laughs> also won a bronze medal in judo, so same yeah. level.
2: Get your hands off my... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're, we're uh,
1: stockpiling piling yes, with references know, today. 8pm uh, badminton, 8pm beach volleyball, 9pm squash, 10.30 rhythmic gymnastics oh, and 11.30 <laughs> beach volleyball. Uh, you can keep up today with all things Birmingham uh, Birmingham 2020 dot <laughs> uh, and you can of course watch on 7 and 7 plus Um, Quick thing, uh, the
2: swimmers brought home a total of 65 medals, if you don't mind, 25 gold, 21 silver and 19 bronze, which is more than half of the Australia's total after six days of 123 medals, if you don't mind. yes. Ariane Titmus, we mentioned her at the very, very start of the competitions. She held off a Canadian teen sensation, Summer McIntosh, to win the women's 400 freestyle in one of the notable rivalries that will continue for years. So well done to all of our
0: swimmers. She also set a games record in the 800 metre freestyle Style setting uh, the new games record now stands at 8 minutes 13 59. <laughs> uh, beating out, and it was actually a 1 2 3 finish for Australia in that particular race Which here, Melverton finishing second at 8 16 79, and Lani Pallister 8 19 16, who has overcome a lot of setbacks in an incredibly scary medical. Uh, uh medical trouble in the last few yeah. years, but it's incredible that she's even back in the pool anyway, and here she is finishing bronze in an, in an all-Australian podium. That was fantastic to see. Oh, also, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Matthew Levy for uh, winning gold in the 50 meter Freestyle S7 event. That was uh, mm. that was a staggering performance from him, and I think that was his farewell swim. And another quick shout-out, my favourite event in the pool, Medley Relay. Always love the Medley hey, Relay. Yeah, 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 very good. England beat out Australia by 800th <laughs> of a second in the men's 100 metre medley relay 3 minutes 31.80 was the gold medal for England Australia (sighs) 331.88 still very good but it was an incredible performance and the women etched out the goal 354.44
1: before we go to the medal tally which I'm really excited about I just wanted to mention this (laughs) funny story I read this morning about the two squash players the Australian squash player Donna uh, Labon, I think, says she's already started a campaign, a campaign of mental welfare against her Scottish husband, who she's playing against in the <laughs> doubles. <laughs> Can you believe oh, no. that? No! It's funny how people it's meet in, in different things like uh, and then fall in love, like in squash. Squash. Random squ- squash is random. <laughs> hey, All right, the respect metal the tally athletes, it's up. paramount. Yeah, yes. The uh, so metal tally, we're going to do a drum roll for this. The current standings for medals uh, in 5th place, Scotland, with Dude. 34. <laughs> New Zealand in 4th position uh, in 37. Alright, bro. 59. Come on. 59. Uh, in 3rd position is Canada. Hey. In 2nd place is England oh, with man, 118. Hey, bro, robbery, mate. <laughs> and of course, from a land down under... With a hundred and thirty-two, it's the Australia!
2: What's the sound effect, Sam? Get down under, come no, on. I was, on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was no, waiting I for coming it. From the London, under. <laughs> Congratulations,
2: Oh, oh wow. okay, it's that's waiting. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> we need more goals. Did
0: you not tell I was doing the opening challenge Yes, the opening. No, no, that was good. Okay, good. good. Michael understood, understood the reference. Very well done. I think Very Sam, well done, I think Sam, Sam ended up going, oh, what was that thing?
2: That's
0: all well and good. Let's do this rapid fire. Let's go, Sam. What are the games this week? What are the ins and outs? And what are our tips?
1: Okay, well, Friday Night Footy begins a massive... I don't think it can get any bigger. No bigger. Um, What a a last three rounds we've (laughs) been treated with. um, It's amazing. Uh, of course, and the fixture is just <laughs> yes. disappeared as soon as I've started talking about it.
2: Melbourne's okay. home game this one, Sam. And uh, Ben Brown is in, so a bit of tall timber up forward. Mm. Uh, Kay Chandler, the sub, goes out and Sam Wiedemann has been omitted on the Collingwood end of the spectrum. Brody Majek, if you don't mind, very handy in for the Pies, but out. Equally damaging midfielder Taylor Adams, he is injured and Trent Bianco has been omitted and, and how about Billy Elliot as well he plays his 150th game he's been riddled with injuries all throughout his career but great to see him get his milestone Sam, who are you tipping?
1: I'm gonna take Melbourne upset Collingwood's run. They've they've Ooh, had yep. lucky too long. Um and I think a lot of the sides that have been playing up in the last um last how many weeks or whatever they've got in a row have been bottom sides. So uh I think Melbourne are starting to steady the ship and we'll get this done. Very valid
0: points there by Sam right there, Michael. I was okay. very worried when he said, I think Melbourne will upset... What? This game's going to be an upset? Collingwood's run. Oh, I see your point now. Yes,
2: 10 straight on the trot. Could oh, make it 11. I don't think...
0: Collingwood, I would think, of only going to drop one more game this year, and yeah. I don't think it's this.
2: Wow, well, there you go. There you go. Well, I'm going to tip the Ds as well, Sam. I think uh, they... Recaptured their best form last week against a pretty disappointing Fremantle-Dockers side, but big crowd at the MCG, probably expecting 85,000 potentially oh, if the warfare.
1: weather's nice. It's uh, set up beautifully. Uh, next to Saturday, 1.45. Uh, it's Hawthorne taking on the Gold Coast Suns, uh, Devin Granger-Barras, Jarman Impey and Jai Sarong. A debut for Hawthorne. Out, James Blank. Uh, CJ suspended Mitch Lewis and Josh Morris for Gold Coast Suns, Alex Davis, Brandon Ellis, uh, out Rory Atkins, Oleg Markov, Hugo Paul O'Ea. Now, this is the last kind of, oh no, sorry. I th- was, thought I was sp- speaking about the wrong team then. No, forget that. Yes. Uh, unfortunately for the Suns, the, the run fell short. Yes. Uh, they're not going to be in the eight this time around, but look out for them in years to come, or the next one or two years, because they're not far from it. No, they're
2: not. Uh, I I will tip the Suns. Uh, I think Hawthorne have been very impressive this year, and in fact, they really pushed St Kilda quite hard last week. They got within, I think, two goals and uh, nearly stole it off the Saints. If they had more time, I reckon they would have done it. Uh, big. Boy, McAvoy plays his 250th game down in Tasmania, so good to
1: see him getting up to that milestone. But, yeah, Suns for me. I'm going to take Hawthorne down in Tasmania. They've had a good couple of runs, and I think they'll be hard to beat down there.
0: Tough one to call. I'm not sure. Uh, Hawthorne, move on. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, because I think I <laughs> want to go Suns. I'll go Hawthorne, though. 2.10
1: Hawthorne. from Giants Stadium. It's GWS oh, Giants great. taking on Essendon. Uh, Kieran Briggs, Stephen Cornelio, Jake Riccardi all in for GWS. Uh, Essendon have Andrew McGrath, Darcy Parish, yes. Ooh, yeah. Some nice ins there. Joy
2: Caldwell is out, unfortunately. Uh, Joy Menzi, the medi-, medi sub, and Massimo D'Ambrosio omitted. Uh, interesting choice there. Um, yeah, Giants and Essendon only playing once this year. I think they sometimes play the double match. One in uh, Marvel Stadium, the other one back in, uh, back over in Spotless. But yeah, Don's are in very good form. I'm going to tip them.
1: Sam. Don's. Don's oh god, I'm, I'm GWS have been rubbish this year. <laughs> yeah, they've really fallen off the cliff, haven't they?
0: Okay, I'm only going to tip Essendon based on you two's analysis because I I'm a little I fear the Giants to a certain extent, like especially from uh, especially na- from the two now that we've wins done they had that, over they come out year. this week. That's why <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm thinking the Giants, and it's a spotless or uh, Giants stadium. But okay, fine, Essendon could get a spike.
1: Four thirty-five uh, from Marble Stadium. It's the Western Bulldogs <laughs> taking on Fremantle. Sam Darcy makes his debut. Uh, uh, Alex Keith, Adam Trelaw in uh, Gardner, Hannan, uh, Buku Carmis, and Macomb out. Uh, Nathan O'Driscoll and Darcy Tucker in for freer out. Bailey Bankfield, Travis Collier, Liam Henry. Uh, I'm going to take the dogs. They're going to have a, a last charge at this top eight. Whether they make it or not, I don't know, but they're... They're leaving it too late. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're leaving it way too late, and they love doing this. They love winning a premiership from seventh on the ladder. They they really want the top four. Uh, but, you know, great in Sam Darcy, if you don't mind. Sam, can I just quickly say, I'd love to see Sam Darcy go up against Sean Darcy in the ruck to begin this game. I don't think they're going to do it. We were speaking
1: earlier about tall humans. He is a tall human. Oh, very tall. And a uh, very uh, luscious-looking mullet as
2: well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Maybe you should go mullet. <laughs> yes but I don't think this game is going to be televised on channel 7 so at least at least uh, Luke Darcy can watch his son play in his first game which I think is really really good Bulldogs for me Sam four dogs for me too.
1: Okay, Saturday Night Football, Geelong, Cats and St Kilda from GMHBA, 7.25. Oh, come on, he's done it. He's uh, Rhys Stanley Geelong. Uh, Geelong. in uh, Gary Rowan uh, out Joel Selwood uh, in Dougal Howard for St Kilda, Ryan Go Burns ahead. and Jared Lynette for St Kilda. Um, and I think we're going to flush through these games. Uh, Port uh, and Richmond, 7.40, who we got? I uh, got uh, Richmond here, I think. Uh, Sam, what do you
0: got? Uh, I'm just trying to put that. I'm going to have a bit of fun with this one. Actually, I don't tip. No ramifications for me. You're going go to go right? No, I'm going to go port.
1: Oh, sorry, that game too. <laughs> I and Geelong. Had, I had port. Uh, I think Richmond are going to fall short. Sunday, Oof. we've got North and Sydney. Sydney,
2: Sydney. They're in good form.
1: 320. Uh, Sunday. Uh, are uh, your uh, the Lions and the Carlton. Massive game. Ramifications here. Where's this Gabba? Gabba. I think Blues. Uh. We've not. We've not bounced back after a loss all year, and I think we will. Lines not been that impressive. Yeah, oh,
2: this is a really tough one. Flip of the coin for me. I'm going to say the beggars. Yes. That's interesting. I- I'm going to
0: go what James says on a Monday typically when we talk Brisbane, that's it. The Gabba is the fortress for the Lions. Just take the Lions. So it's safe, safer uh, tip, but yeah.
2: And the final game of the round, the West Coast Eagles up against the Adelaide Crows at Optus Stadium, Sunday four ten. Who are you taking
1: in this one, gents? Uh, Eagles, of course, for his final game. Yeah, got to say Eagles Fair on point. this point. No, Joshy I was going to say
0: Adelaide, but no, Optus Stadium, Josh Kennedy's final game, what a
1: career. We're very thankful that he had such a long-tenured career. It's been Evening, great, hasn't it? All right, well, we better wrap up. It's been a crazy show. Thanks for listening. it been a great interview that we had, um, and we'll be, of course, back next week. Uh, Get us up on social media, Sports Desk. Grab the podcast. We'll see you next Friday. Show on Monday as well. This has been the Sports Desk on Sin.